Audio Wrangling is a sister site to Audio Angling, which allows people with angling and related topics to express them freely as an insight into what some of the issues were in the early part of the 21st century. My name is Phil Williams and this is a 2014 recording with Leon Roskilly. Now besides the practical fishing, another of your passions is taking part in angling politics. Someone has to do it, so as most of the rest of us would rather it not be us, it's all credit to you and others like you for giving up your spare time on our behalf. Fish stocks in particular, and the way in which European rights are allowed to override national interests are one strand to it, and I know that you was also instrumental in the changeover from the old sea fisheries committees to the inshore conservation authorities, or IFCAs, which in their own way can be just as frustratingly toothless in protecting fish stocks on behalf of both commercial and recreational fishermen. So let's kick things off with the European Union. Under the uh, Common Fisheries Policy, we can manage the fishery within 12 miles. Unfortunately, within the 6 to 12 mile limit, other nations have grandfather rights to fish there. And they needn't fish to the rules we would like to see there. So if we take bass, we have a regulation which there's no pair trawling for bass in the southwestern approaches where cetaceans can be at risk. Just to clarify, cetaceans are whales, dolphins and porpoises. We wanted that to apply to all boats fishing within our 12 mile limit. In fact, we'd like it adopted by the EU generally. But... Uh, we could only apply it to UK licensed vessels and it's very annoying for British fishermen on UK licensed vessels that are not allowed to fish certain methods in certain places to be fishing alongside other boats that don't have those restrictions and that in itself makes it very difficult to introduce conservation legislation if it only applies to UK boats because it's unfair. And to a certain extent, between the IFCAs, each IFCA can draw up its own bylaws, how best to protect the fishery within its area. But of course, it doesn't apply once the fish move to the next door area. And again, it's unfair to expect local fishermen to forego catching certain species at a certain size if just a mile down the coast they're taking them quite happily. And... Because of this inability to create rules which apply to everybody equally, it makes it very, very difficult to create any rules for conservation at all. And it's something that I responded to within the consultation on the Common Fisheries Policy Review, but unfortunately they decided to keep things as they are within the 6 or 12 mole limit. But another opportunity will come in another 10 years to uh, change that. And it's something people need to be aware of and to push for next time we have an opportunity to affect the rules once the common fisheries policy is reviewed once again. You say an opportunity, but an opportunity is not the same as having a solution. What then, in your opinion, is the minimum requirement to protect inshore fish stocks for the benefit of all fishermen? firstly at UK level, and more importantly, within the European Union. I think what I would like to see is that within the 12 mole limit, that any conservation regulations which we bring about should apply to all vessels fishing within that area. And that should be down to the uh, British government that manages those seas and not 
the European Union, which has to bow to political pressure from other interests. So, yeah, if it's our 12-mile limit and we are expected to manage it, give us the tools to manage it. If we think that uh, bass, for instance, should be fished to 45 centimetres, then we could apply those limits within the 12-mile and every vessel coming in to the 12 miles to fish those waters would be subject to that restriction as well. That would go some way towards easing the problem on a national and an EU scale. But what about the inter-regional aspect to it, where, for example, the IFCA I sit on in the northwest could bring in additional protection for bass through a series of bylaws, but which fishermen, both commercial and recreational, at either extent of our boundary in Wales and Scotland, can, if they wish, simply ignore. That's quite a difficult one. I think when the Marine Bill was being discussed and we were looking at replacing the Sea Fisheries Committees, we were looking for something that would have responsibility for the whole of the coastline, perhaps with local management there, but basically there'd be one authority with one agenda to look after the whole of the coastline. A bit like the wildlife and game in America, where they were looking after the resource and licensing people we were recommending that the Environment Agency should take over from the Sea Fisheries Committees, but unfortunately that didn't happen, and and we're now stuck with this. Uh, It has its advantages and disadvantages, but local management of very small areas where it's the fish don't recognise the boundaries and can uh, move from one to the other. It's dysfunctional in trying to manage mobile species uh, to try and manage them just purely locally. There is some hope that we've got the association of IFCAs where the IFCAs can come together, but it's very much harder to have a general conservation rule adopted by 10 different uh, IFCAs where the politics and the personalities are quite different in each area to get them all singing from the same hymn sheet, sometimes a bit like herding cats, unfortunately. But there are some things which can be done at a local level which will have a real conservation impact. For example, bass nursery areas. Not all IFCAs govern these in the same way. My own patch is a very good example. Up to April 2013, shore anglers could catch and take bass from the Heesham protected zone, whereas boat anglers couldn't. As you might expect, various unscrupulous elements were in there for profit. But even when genuine anglers were practising catch and release, catching fish on spinners with treble hooks is hardly conservation friendly, so a bylaw was passed by IFCA to stop all fishing within the zone. Implementation obviously then became very much easier, but unfortunately, not all IFCAs see things in the same way. Is that down to apathy on their part in terms of meaningful enforcement? Um. Yes, a certain resistance as well, and it varies by IFCA. Coming back to the Bass Nursery areas, of course, these came into being quite a long time ago, and once you start to consult on measures, you always get what about this and what about that, and so various tweaks are put in and loopholes created. So we end up with Bass Nursery areas, which have different regulations. Some are only seasonal which is silly because the bass are there all year round. Some allow netting for other species, and we know very well that mullet are used as an excuse species in some areas. Somebody who's got nets out in a bass nursery area 
or I'm just fishing for mullet. And of course, it's the bass and sea trout bycatch that is the valuable part of that person's catch. But it's very difficult to prove that. So by allowing any fishing within the bass nursery area makes it very difficult to achieve the objectives of the bass nursery area. The other problem, of course, is that things change. That some areas which were set up as best nursery areas, principally because there was a power station putting out warm water, of course those power stations are no longer functioning, so it's no longer a place where you'll find many bass, juvenile bass. Other areas which are biological nursery areas haven't been recognised at all, and people are allowed to fish there undersized bass are taken and find their way to market as well so that the, the whole thing needs reviewing and it is one of the things that defra keeps promising to do to do a review of the best nursery areas but um as with all fishery things with defra involved things go on and on study after study recommendations consultations and nothing ever really happens and it's because people allow that to carry on I'm quite sure that if sea anglers ever got their act together and worked together as a large majority, then we could bring about change. But the way things are currently, there's only a few people out there which are getting together to push for these things. And the calculation is that the government can ignore them because the, the voice is so small. What we need then is an organisation like the Scots have in the Scottish Sea Angling Conservation Network, which has achieved a lot of legislative success north of the border. Yeah, to bring about the kind of changes, uh, it is possible to bring those changes about if we can get enough people putting in the same direction. So what in your view then is the one fixed answer when it comes to bass? Well, estuaries, all estuaries are bass nursery areas certainly in the south of the country, and shallow water areas like the Bristol Channel. Juvenile bass tend to stay together for the four to five years that they're in the nursery area. They're there in quite considerable quantities, from fish just a few centimetres up to about 45 centimetres when they become mature and start to move out of the bass nursery areas. We have a minimum landing size of 36 centimetres at the moment. So the place to go and get lots of fish between 36 and 45 centimetres in the in the best nursery areas. And of course you're going to find you're catching a lot of fish below 36 centimetres which is discarded dead. I think increasing the minimum landing size so that only mature fish are targeted and then there is no necessity to or there's no incentive to fish in those uh, nursery areas would be a big step and the discards of juvenile bass should fall off because nobody is actually fishing for bass in those nursery areas. And as a natural follow-on from that, shouldn't we be entitled to expect more from our IFCA enforcement teams? Yeah, they have a very difficult job with very few resources. I think the IFCA's to a certain extent, need to get a lot wiser about intelligence-led enforcement. With the Environment Agency, there's an 0800 number which anybody can call 24 hours a day if they see signs of pollution, uh, this is on fresh water, see illegal fishing, or even at sea, because the Environment Agency also have a remit for certain species out to the six-mile limit. 
eels and shad and migratory species like uh, salmon and, and sea trout. They have a very good system where they rely on anglers being the eyes and ears of the water to tell them of offences being committed or pollution events happening. The IFCAs have been slow, I think, to tap into that. And I think it's one of the things that the IFCAs need to address. If we had a national IFCA hotline similar to the Environment Agency hotline, where anybody that sees what they suspect is illegal netting or somebody fishing in an area where they shouldn't be fishing, they could call that line and the intelligence is fed back to the local IFCA team. The IFCA officers, rather than motoring around looking for wrongdoing themselves, could be directed to where they know that this is happening quite a lot. And it is that intelligence-led enforcement that we need to concentrate a lot more on. Also, the Anglin Trust, they have developed a voluntary bailiff scheme, which is working very well with both the police and with the environment agency officers. They actually go out on patrol, see things and report them through. We need something along those lines, or that scheme extended into the marine environment, where people who come forward can be trained to spot things, to report them, a bit like a sea watch scheme, and feed the intelligence back to the IFCAs. I used to work on legislation enforcement for the Environment Agency, so I'm well versed in what can and can't be done, or in this case isn't being done. As an example, I recently reported a commercial shrimper bringing ashore a tub filled with 2 inch whiting, which he said was for a Chinese customer. So I reported it, offering to make a witness statement and go to court, and still nothing was done. Hmm. I've had reports of certain vessels doing things that they shouldn't be doing pass through to me and I've been on to my IFCA team and they have passed the information on to the Marine Management Organisation. Uh, the IFCA by and large enforces its own bylaws and for illegal selling of fish, for instance, that's a matter for the Marine Management Organisation. So one of the complications, you've got the two levels of management there responsible for different things. It very much depends on the culture within the IFCA and within the offices of the IFCA. I think in Kent and Essex, they're quite exemplary, whereas in other areas, they are what's left over from the Sea Fisheries Committee. It's slowly changing, I think, in some areas that certain individuals come up for retirement or move on and they're replaced by new blood coming in that uh, are much more open to the new duties and responsibilities of the IFCAs as opposed to the old culture and mindset of the Sea Fisheries Committees.